This is episode 40, yes, 40, of the Fire Protection Podcast, powered by InspectPoint. It's been uh, three years. I just got reminded the other day of, of us doing the podcast. And uh, again, thank you for all these subscriptions and uh, uh, passing around some of the knowledge from the Fire Protection Podcast and uh, getting more listeners. So a lot more to come. Uh, today's episode, episode 40, uh, the NFSA, National Fire Sprinkler Association, joins me, uh, Mike Jonas, who's de- director of uh, contractor services, has a, a many, many years in the fire protection industry on the design end, on the contracting end, and uh, Mike's uh, job the last few years is kind of revamping some of of the uh, the e-learning and just the learning in general for, for NFSA. It's always been the go-to for a lot of uh, uh, technician training as well as layout and fire protection, fire sprinkler design. So they've got a new thing coming out, I believe, uh, this spring, this April, and um, they wanted to highlight it, but just as well give uh, an update of where the NFSA sits within our industry and kind of some of the things they're doing to kind of push the uh, industry forward. So. NFSA uh, has been a big part of my career, you know, uh, starting in the New York metro area within fire protection. The NFSA always had meetings. So I, you know, the New Jersey chapter, the New York chapter, um, the upstate New York chapter, the Connecticut chapter. So uh, this happens all over the U.S. So I, if you're not a member, uh, definitely look into it uh, on the sprinkler side and um, yeah, reach out NFSA.org. On to the podcast. One thing before we start the podcast with Mike from NFSA, InspectPoint is running a special for the next three months after air of this podcast. Um, for any NFSA member that is looking in to get into ITM uh, software, looking at InspectPoint, uh, we're running a special for two free months, and NFSA should be blasting this out as well. Two free months of InspectPoint for any new customer. Again, we bring in a lot of uh, all of the NFPA 25 codes, the variety of different year versions as well. Um, we get into all the other aspects of fire protection, but uh, check out a demo today, inspectpoint.com, and mention you're an NFSA member. On to the podcast. Thanks. All right, we are live. Um, thanks, Michael, for uh, for joining me today on the on the fire protection podcast. Um, it's uh, and it's been a long time coming. I finally, I first met you last year at one of the New York sprinkler meetings in uh, Long Island. So, oh, that's right. Yeah, thanks for having me, Drew. I appreciate it. Glad to be here and see if we can't have a good conversation about some NFSA stuff that's going on. Yeah, I know you guys are always working on on new things, new initiatives. You know, Shane Ray. Uh, I'll mention it later in the podcast, but he he helped us out in New York. Uh, last week with some initiatives that we're doing so really excited what they're doing and 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 seeing what you guys have but um you know when i met you last year you just rolled on to the nfsa i believe what i guess what what's your background and what's your role at nfsa currently yeah so i'm mike jonas i'm a fire protection engineer i've been doing this for 30 years i came to the nfsa about two and a half years ago but my life before that was slugging it out as a sprinkler contractor many many almost 28 years of slugging it out day to day um, you know with with our clients and non-job sites and dealing with all kinds of good stuff so I had a little bit of a unique perspective with 
being a licensed fire protection engineer working for a sprinkler contractor. So it kind of um, kind of was a unique perspective and gave us a little bit of a different look and edge with our clients. And uh, it was a good run, and it was time to go on to a new challenge. And NFSA presented presented that new challenge for me, and and that's what brought me here. Oh, that's great. What what sprinkler contractor did you work for? The company, the the company that I was a part owner in towards the end was called Covenant Fire Protection. Oh, yeah. It was in Manchester, New Hampshire. Manchester, New Hampshire. Yep. Most of our work was Eastern Massachusetts. Um, we did uh, we 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 worked with the current owner and kind of um, partnered with them to take it over. And we went on a run from about eight hundred thousand dollars a year to up to about fourteen million dollars wow. a year for for the. For the business over over a ten year period, wow. so it was, yeah, it was a good good fun run, and um, you know most of our like I said most of our work was Eastern Massachusetts in and around Boston, and you know how it is at the beginning we'd take anything we could get our hands on, yeah. and uh, towards the end uh, uh, we were trying to do a lot more you know a lot of the podium buildings just because that's what's out there, yep. um, but we got a little bit of a niche for doing uh, freezer warehouses, uh, which was fun. Yeah, freezer warehouses. I, I remember, uh, you know, when I worked for Tyco or JCI. Now I, I went to a lot of Quell trainings, and then after that went to Viking, and they have their own. The cold storage is a is is kind of a neat little niche to get in in fire protection. So. Yeah, I've been there. Tyco Quell, the LP forty six from Victaulic, yep. the uh, you know the Viking ESFR dry pendants for the box in the box. Um, it's all good yep. stuff, and it keeps you keeps it exciting. You know, it keeps you on your toes, keeps you keep you challenged, and and that's uh, that always is. You know, what makes you get up and come in every day and get some good stuff done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of fun challenges with those with those uh, situations. So, um, so what what is your role now at NFSA? So at NFSA, I am technically the chief engineer. So uh, there's myself and another fire protection engineer, Jeff Dunkel, who's in Kansas City, um, on the Kansas side in Kansas City. Uh, but NFSA has traditionally had an engineering department. It's always been, uh, you know, we had the two leg legends with uh, Russ Fleming and, and Ken Isman for many, many years. Um, so uh, Jeff and I are the two current fire protection engineers on staff, and we work closely with, you know, the codes and standards, the public fire protection, the learning development group, even the leg legislative and regulatory groups, um, to be you know to be technical experts and, and be involved as much as we can, including on what we're talking about today, which is you know the learning and development opportunities in the layout technician class. So it's a big part of what we do. Yeah, yeah. Russ, Russ Fleming's from the the best Polytechnic Institute uh, called Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute. So. Yeah. Uh, my alma mater and my or my a couple others in the in the company. So I always, I always uh, love how he uh, he's one of our alma mater. So um, yeah, with that layout technician class that FSA is doing, what how is that different? You know, what has it traditionally been over the years? Yeah, so traditionally over the years, the layout technician class or the designer class um, has been around for decades, and, and uh, you know it's all, it was traditionally always a two-week in-person experience. Um, you know, just grit your teeth and bear it, 40, 50 hours a week for two weeks. Uh, it traveled around the country. Uh, sometimes it was you know at at our headquarters in Maryland more recently, but um, two-week in-person 
get a layout technician from day one or zero or a little bit of experience to, you know, at least up and running and, and driving at highway speed, you know, down the highway. So right. that was where that was where it was traditionally. Unfortunately, with COVID, you know, the, the in-person came to a screeching halt a little over two years ago, and we've been doing it virtually, um, live virtually um, for the last two years. And we've been doing, uh, we've been, I think we've been doing about four or five classes a year, and we switched it to be, you know, obviously trying to expect students to sit eight in the morning till five for oh, yeah. five days straight. Yeah, so we did change it up to be Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, starting a little later for the West Coast folks. Um, so it runs runs four or five weeks with a couple days a week, uh, and it did. We did switch some of it to be a little bit more self paced, and, and uh, some of the modules we have them doing on their own. But uh, we still do the detailed layout stuff. We do the hydraulic calculations by hand. We still do it all. We're just staring at the computer for yeah. for, uh, for it's. It can be painful staring at the computer all day, but uh, we try hard to we try and hard to do things like Microsoft Forms and activities and ways to engage people. Because right. if you don't do that every few minutes, uh, as an instructor, you, you're like, "Hello, is this yes, thing on?" Exactly. You, know, is it, is, you might be talking to a, a blinking light, you know, the camera. Yeah. <laughs> did my did my did my internet go out five minutes ago? Right. So, um, but we've been doing it virtually, and we got to a point where we knew this thing was going to come back at some point, and we wanted to completely revamp the layout technician class. So something that was originally two weeks uh, in person that switched to virtual, um, and now we're going to switch it up and, and kind of go with a self-paced e-learning module mm -hmm. for the first piece. Uh, a, a live virtual in the middle and then an in-person at the end. So we're in the process of dividing up um, dividing up um, the traditional content, seeing what fits well where. Do we need to do some of these in an inter, you know, a beginner, intermediate, and advanced right. um, scenario with the way we have it set up? But the goal is to start at self-paced. So for example, if you have a student or a, you have a, a designer or layout technician that you just hired, you could go right online and say, boom, here you go. You can yep. get started with this class. The um, self-paced online stuff would be available, you know, the second you signed up. Now, we do want, we, we do, we do want people to complete the class. Mm -hmm. So when you sign, you can't, you know, when you sign up for the first piece, you got to sign up for the whole thing gotcha. so that, you know, you're on a path to get it done. Right. And then, of course, we're thinking the last piece will be about three days in person where we'll get back to um, lay, doing do, doing layout on a project and doing the actual hydraulic calculations by hand. Nice. Um, hydraulic calculations by hand is some people might think we're ar archaic. You know, I I'm old. I I did have a slide rule in college. I I did have to do hydraulic calculations by hand when I you know in the late 80s, early 90s. But uh, we we feel very very strongly that you know you really can't understand hydraulics well unless you've had an opportunity to, to learn how to do the do the hydraulic calculation by hand. So again, 28 years of having designers and layout technicians working for me, and they'd bring me the the HydroCAD or the SprintCAD calc report and tell me it doesn't work and I'd say well you know it's light hazard you got 150 static 140 residual right you know please, please you know with you know and they just didn't you know they don't have that base understanding um, 
they know how to put it in the computer. They know how to read the, the bottom line. But uh, we do feel strongly about that. So that piece got, you know, that gets preserved. We're trying to go a lot more project-based, too. If anybody listening has ever taken this class, our, our project's called Ponchos. Okay. Uh, and it, it's a Mexican restaurant in a strip mall. Um <laughs> uh, so it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a, um, been around a long time. So we're keeping ponchos, but it, ponchos is getting, uh, getting updated. It, is so. it an actual place? No, it's made, it's it's made, made up. up. But I wonder who made, yeah, do you know who made that up? You know the origin story behind ponchos? I, I'll give Roland Asp <laughs> credit for ponchos. Okay. Um, it's kind of his baby. But uh, Poncho's is the project. It start, you know, it was a Mexican restaurant tenant fit out in a strip mall. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would be, use that as an opportunity to go things, you know, construction type, water supply, laying out the system. But we've kind of recently, actually over the last few years since we've been doing it virtually, we can, you know, we start, we now have a CAD file, a Revit file. You know, we give them those documents. You know, we used to just do it all by hand. Right. So now the students that are capable of doing it in AutoCAD or whatever programs they're using have it electronically. Um, and then, of course, we, we, we're starting to integrate more of the content into the project. So we have, uh, I think we have a pharmacy next to it now, and then we have a, a bakery next to that, and we're starting to add things like clouded ceilings oh, wow. and skylights and exterior overhangs and open grid ceilings and window sprinklers. So the intent is to um, expand on the, the project so that as we work through the content, we're, we're constantly referring back to the project um, so that at the end of the day, we have, a, we have a completed project with as much of the, of the content built into it as we can. Yeah, it's interesting moving, you know, you're going to the hybrid model where it's self-paced, then essentially I would call it e-learning or, you know, uh, e-learning whatever and then in person so I, I would feel that that you know especially in the in that middle section you know obviously hand calcs at the end right proving that out and making sure you have that basis of knowledge but just in the middle part you'll be able to you'll be able to use your you know your CAD programs your Revit programs a little easier than you would in in person right because you'll you'll have that computer you know accessible while they're doing that yeah, and I think the other thing that the computer has helped with, and one thing about doing it virtually, you know, online, like we're doing this this podcast today, is that you know you can really start to throw a lot other other resource learning resources at the students. Mm-hmm. So, for example, we started, you know, we would we used to just throw the PowerPoint up, right? right, and just everything we wanted was in the PowerPoint. But for example, nowadays instead of cutting and pasting the beam rule or creating the beam rule in the PowerPoint, we're just jumping in and out of the standard. So, you know, we have the standard, you know, we have NFPA 13 electronically up on the computer to share. The students have resources to either the free link or their own versions. Um, You know, we even take sections of the layout technician uh, handbook. And what we can do when we're doing it electronically is just jumping in and out of things. We can jump in and out of the codes and standards jump back into the resources we can you know uh, for example you know all the drawings for ponchos that we've added a whole bunch of sections and elevation views and being on the computer all the time allows people to get 
in and out of those student resources a lot easier. Yeah, I, I see that when I when I do a lot of demos for InspectPoint where I'll, you know, it's not a, you know, there's like a, a minimal part is the is actually the presentation versus just going live. You're on your computer, you can go in and out of the, the software platform, you can go in and out of the code. So it's more, I think it's a little bit more real life than a standard PowerPoint, right? So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been helpful. And again, a lot of the layout technician class, um, you know, I, I've been doing this a long time. You've been doing sprinklers a long time. I don't know everything there is to know, but I will tell you what I did learn very early on was I learned how to read codes and standards, right? right? I learned how to get, I learned how to get into the appropriate codes, the, the right additions, the right references to the right standards and just learning, you know, how to manipulate that information because you're never going to walk away from a two-week class knowing all the, you know, sprinkler obstructions to, you know, reaching the hazard. You know, it's just not going to happen. Sure. But, but knowing where to find it and how to find it and what section you need to be in, and that's really what I – those are the aha moments that I see with, with the students in the classes. I learned some – somebody told me one time something about something, and, you know, they – that's what they've been going on is what you know, what someone said to them in passing, and then it's like the aha moment is when they f they actually find it and put their finger on it, you know where it comes from in the code or standard. Right, right, yeah, and, and pointing that out. Um, now it's interesting, and I, I I bet are you getting more? I guess this is you're just rolling it out, so this is this is still kind of new. I can I can imagine, you know, if you did a really intense two-week session before this has got to be this has got to be a little bit you'll be able to retain a lot more of the knowledge I feel like if you're spreading it out over X amount of time right because if you're if you're going at it for two weeks you're gonna remember it probably for another four weeks and then you'll probably forget a lot of that but with it ex expanding out in the different sessions I could just see that uh, knowledge being retained a lot easier I, yeah, I think the other thing that we're we're focusing on is being able to pace the pace the the class and pace the content a little differently for different folks. We do get we get folks in the layout technician class that like literally it's their first day yeah. ever doing ever doing sprinklers. They you know they were you know I mean literally could have been working at a grocery store mm -hmm. and they're a friend of a friend of a friend and. They're going to learn how to be a sprinkler designer. And then there's other folks that have been doing it for years. But I think when we spread it out and break it up a little bit and have the different deliveries, even with the, the self-paced e-learning modules, you know, that's going to include uh, instructor uh, support, you know, sessions. So if you're someone that knows the stuff pretty well or you know a particular piece of it well, you can breeze through it. But there will be other times where people will be able to slow down digest it, reach out to the instructors, you know, go back into the textbook and, and read something again. So yes, you're right. I think that'll help rather than trying to just uh, jam it down everybody's throat in two weeks. But again, when you're asking somebody to travel, you know, you're asking somebody to travel to Chicago, right. you know, that's what happens when we're doing it that way. So one of the advantages is, again, not having to travel for the whole thing. Yeah, no, you probably get the, the attendance will probably increase, I would think. Um, now, is it, you said there's different levels, so do you have to go all the way through, or is it, can you just do the first two pieces? I mean, obviously you want everybody yeah, to go the, through it. 
Yeah, the intent right now is to set it up as it as it's a complete package with the three pieces of the class: mm -hmm. the uh, e-learning modules, the virtual, and then the in-person. Obviously, yes, there's an opportunity for us once we get that up and running to separate it. And one of the thoughts was um, to take some of that content and be able to offer it to folks that are in the sprinkler business but may not be designers, right? right. So there may be folks, you know, for example, a purchasing agent or a, you know, someone who works in the shop. It's amazing to me, uh, being at NFSA for the past few years, there's a lot of folks in our industry that really they don't have a you know they don't get everything that we do right mm -hmm. as, as as what like how we actually affect the lives of people it's amazing how many times you'll do a side by side and some guy will come up to me and be you know I've been a sprinkler fitter for 20 years and I've never seen a sprinkler put a fire out <laughs> and wow. um, you know so there is the idea that we'll be able to to take that apart a little bit once once we get it all put together for that purpose of the layout technician I think yes we'll go back and look at um, look at rearranging it a little bit so folks can have an introductory course be exposed to it um, you know things purchasing people shop can get can get the experience and learn a little bit about what a lay, layout technician does how sprinklers work but to your point not having to go through the whole yeah um, physically laying things out and uh, doing doing friction loss equations. Yeah, no, exactly. And sales, there's there's a lot of different people throughout the company. Sales folks. Yeah, like a light version that they, that they could take, you know, and have a certification for. They're not going to have to, you know, not everybody can do a hydraulic calc, right? So, um. <laughs> right, and in the same, and in the same, and in the same light, Drew, you know, the other piece would be to take, take it to the next level and have you know, an advanced option or a, a second option. And quite frankly, if you get all the way to the end goal of where we're trying to get to, we're trying to get to a point where folks can come to NFSA and select and, and manage a, a learning path for, you know, where they are today and where they want to go. And to your point, this, this type of course, this type of content can kind of be used in many different ways depending on how, uh, what, what people's paths are. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I can see the, I can see the light, and I see it, you know, really ramping up. When is it? When do you plan on uh, really getting into it and having the first uh, sessions open? Right. So it looks the registration is going to open up on March fourteenth. Okay. So I'm like, oh boy, not until March fourteenth. But now I realize it's like that's like it's a next week, week from now, right? <laughs> so, yes, yeah, next week. So we're going to have the registration for it open next week. Once that opens, um, you know, the, uh, the first, uh, first uh, e-learning modules and all that stuff, I believe, is going to be all rolled out in May. And then that's when we'll start rolling. We'll get a little bit of a delay, and then we'll start scheduling the, um, you know, the in-person pieces and everything else. I'm sure the first in-person piece or two will be at headquarters. Uh, in Maryland, but then we'll start moving them around the country. I know we're trying to do one up here. Uh, we're actually trying to do one in Connecticut. Oh yeah. So we'll see if we can find a good spot in Connecticut and Florida. Um, but we're hoping to have um, we're hoping to have four or five uh, in-person opportunities uh, once it's rolled out wow. between then and the end of the year. Wow. So. Yeah, and I'm, I'm I see I see this being very successful, and I'm I'm really hoping that. And we chatted about this the other day. Is you know, we're, we're I'm, inspection, testing, and maintenance is near and dear to to my heart, right? With the platform and everything, and 
there's been a lot of focus on it the last few years with just companies you know, really moving into that. And NFPA 25 is a beast. So, and NFSA has always done a tremendous job, you know, uh, Jeff Hugo and, and, and Vince Powers and all that, um, kind of handling the ITM piece. And uh, I would love for them to kind of fit this model into that, you know, maybe uh, six months, a year down the road, because that is a little bit more hands-on, but there's a lot of code to it. So I, I, I think that hybrid model approach would really work well and kind of drag it, you know, don't do that one or two week, drag it on over, you know, a few months time frame. I think that, you know, you, you're setting the, you're setting the uh, template for, for other parts of the business too. Yeah. I mean, when we did this, we're like, okay, well, you know, we know we're taking on the biggest and toughest, yeah. you know, of the, <laughs> of the offerings that we have, right? It's the one that most of our uh, it's the most popular amongst our members. It's the most expensive amongst our members. It's a big class. It's a big deal. It's a ton of content. Uh, but to your point, yes, with the, we would look to follow this model, you know, through a lot of the other things that we offer. One of the things about NFSA is there's just tons. If you ever take the time to look on our website at the at the uh, at the content that we have and all the different classes we have in the in the catalog, there is a ton of stuff in there. And we have a great base to work from, and it's just uh, updating, changing the way we deliver it, you know, finding other ways to engage students, being project-based, you know, to the ITM piece, being as yep. hands-on as we can possibly be. Um, and it's, you know, engaging the students. And we do a new class that's estimating for, we do an estimating class for, for sales folks and estimators. And, uh, you know, we've done it a few times, and, and by the time we get to the end, they're yelling at me and I'm yelling at them and we're going at it and I'm best and final price from this group and let's get the best and final price from this group and pitting them against each other to try to get the job. And That's great. The, class, the project we do in class. But, uh, you know, all that stuff is good. It's, you know, I'm a sprinkler person, Drew. Yep. I, this is not my cup of tea. We, we, we have Evan uh, in our office now that's pushing a lot of that stuff and is a legitimate, you know, learning and development person. That's, right helping us uh, change the way we do a lot of this stuff. No, that's good. What um, what software platform are you using for the, the LMS or learning management system? How are you doing it? Uh, uh, how are you doing the track? Is, it, is there a specific software or are you just doing like Zoom or? For the for the classes, we've been doing Microsoft Teams. Okay, uh, we're looking to change we're looking to change that and go to uh, an Adobe format. Oh wow! Uh, we were using we we're, were we were using Moodle, but I think we're going to move away from Moodle yet. I apologize, I don't know exactly what we're headed yeah. to, but um, we have been fooling around with a couple different platforms. But um, the goal, you know, the goal is always the same: is to make all those. For example, that estimating class, there's like, you know, 30 different resources we're, we're giving these students. Wow. So the goal, the goal is to just make it as easy for them to manage manage the class as right. they can. Right, right. Yeah, and I think there's, uh, obviously there's a lot of different options, but um, to have that all in one place. I didn't know Adobe did that. That's, that's, I'm interested to see what it, what it is. Yeah. The other thing we're working on with this class is we are redoing the, the textbook for it. So when you look at the different formats, um, hopefully this textbook will be electronically available as well. So again, NFSA for many, many years has had books and textbooks and uh, white papers and all kinds of other things. And like everybody else, we struggle with how to offer all that content, um, all that electronically. 
but yep. uh, we're very close to doing that. So with this layout technician class will come a new textbook that we'll have electronically, um, as well as being based on the 2022 edition of NFPA 13. So Gotcha, gotcha. So it'll be... Some so, people, some people tell me, "What do you mean, Mike? There's a 2022 edition already." It's like, "Oh yeah, there is." Yeah, it, <laughs> it came is. out in 2021. As a matter of fact, yeah, and, and most jurisdictions won't be on it for five more years either. So, but hey, you got to learn on the the newer editions, right? Well, there's good tricks and trades in there. As a sprinkler contractor, I'm always <laughs> like, "Hey, wait a minute." They finally addressed this issue. Uh, I know I'm on the 2010 edition, but I can talk to the authority having jurisdiction and say, hey, they didn't really deal with this back then, and now they're dealing with it. Right. So here's some, here's some good information. Yeah, and if you can, if you can highlight that to the HGA, I think that's, that's, that's super helpful and, and get their buy-in, right, of why it's happening. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, we all know that we talked about it earlier, the regulatory matrix of LARS codes and standards. And if your jurisdiction's on the 2010, I'm sorry, that's that's where you are. But, um, <laughs> you know, there are there are opportunities. There's plenty of things in 13 that are, I mean, for example, if you're already back and if you're all the way back that far, you may not even have, what, like, there may not be the cloud ceiling. Yeah, rules. I was just going to say cloud ceilings don't, I think that's more recent in the last two or three. Yeah. yeah. So there's always a lot of good, you get it. You can't pick and choose, but sometimes when there's new material, it works. Yeah. Um, so great learning management platform coming out for the, the layout technicians. I think that's really exciting. And um, we'll, we'll get this this episode out so you get people signed up. What um, what else is the NFSA up to? I know, I know the... Um, the national expo and conference is set for the end of September, which I believe I'm speaking at. I think it's been delayed a few times, but I'm I'm set to speak at that um, in late September. Is there anything else the NFSA is kind of working working on this year? Yeah, so kind of big right now was yes, we canceled the the expo in in Vegas, and then we had some issues with getting it rescheduled. But it is rescheduled for Clearwater Beach, nice. um, the Sheridan Sand Key in Clearwater Beach, which is near Tampa for September twenty eighth and 29th. Um, we've been to that facility, you know, several times for board meetings and everything else. It's a great spot. Um, I will be on the agenda for that conference for some research that we're doing. Oh, nice. uh, we did a little bit of re we did a little bit of research in Pleasant View, Tennessee um, last May and we're actually tomorrow I'm going to EKU and we're going to keep going with with that research. So oh, that's wow. what what I'll get to present um, at the expo, which is a big initiative for NFSA right now, especially on the technical side is getting some research back up and running. Not necessarily lighting fires all the time, but that's what I like to do. So <laughs> this, these few, these first few ones were actually lighting, lighting some stuff on oh, fire, cool. but it'll be, uh, you know, data collection and all kinds of other things. So that's a big thing for us this year uh, on the federal legislative side. Uh, depending, you know, irregardless of your politics, um, there is a lot of federal spending coming out on infrastructure, HUD housing. Uh, and, you know, again, regardless of, of where you are politically, we're working really hard to make sure this stuff includes the opportunity to um, include sprinkler protection in that spending. So if, we're, if the federal government's going to spend the money, right. uh, we want to make sure that it includes the opportunity to upgrade existing HUD housing and 
and uh, things like affordable housing and everything else that it includes the ability to spend that money, federal money on, on yeah. uh, sprinkler protection. So yeah, that's know, been a big one. I know, uh, sorry to interrupt, uh, Shane, Shane Ray, uh, we had our uh, New York uh, Contractors Association meeting last week and um, uh, there, you know, there's been some big fires in the Northeast in Philadelphia and New York and they're, they're looking at some just different retrofit opportunities in New York. Um, uh, Sean Pierce with Lubrizol actually worked with, with Shane Ray a little bit to, to kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, give, a, give a call to the FDNY, say, hey, we have this opportunity to do some of this retrofit in low-income housing. It's never been done before. Let's just try it. So I think they're, they're on the way to doing that, and, and Shane was a big part of that helping us there and I think um, essentially they're trying to retrofit um, the, the the place the fire was at in the Bronx with um, with uh, just with sprinklers in the actual suites in the units which has never been really done before in New York so um, NFSA has been a big part of that and um, obviously have the experience with retrofit as well so yeah, I mean, traditionally, as, as as an association, as an industry, you know, uh, mostly based on the, the NFPA 13 premise, we've always been, um, you know, all or nothing, yep. fully sprinklered. Um, but, you know, we know that it, 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 it costs money, it takes time, it retrofits a tough animal. Um, we've been talking about, you know, ELS systems and Dorothy May systems and all kinds of other um, you know, I'll, I'm going to call them uh, phased approaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't we don't like to call them partial sprinkler systems, but you know we do understand that there's a, a need to phase some of these projects, and and some of that phasing could be could be years, could be you know five ten years. I mean, obviously we want the end goal um, to get buildings as you know fully sprinklered as we can, but we we recognize that. Um, and I, and I, quite frankly, last week at our board meeting, um, we put together an ENS task group to start looking at um, how could we, how could we, and have a guide, or how could NFPA 13 address um, that kind of phased approach, mm-hmm. in, in, as a, from an installation standard right. perspective. Uh, we obviously know that the requirements and the allowances would come from the building code or the fire code, most likely the fire code in this case for retrofit, but. Um, Standards-wise, uh, as an installation standard, do we, should we be addressing this, and should we be getting off our our high and mighty um, hill that we stand on that ever has to be 100% sprinklered or, or nothing? So, um, yeah, that's a good that's a good movement. That's a good piece. Yep. NFPA 13 is actually starting its cycle again. Believe it or not, we're we're in the process of putting together first draft public inputs for the next edition. It's a never-ending cycle. Uh, Jeff Hugo likes to tout that uh, the numbers are we have 28, or excuse me, we have 85 uh, staff members and members that serve on over 250 uh, codes wow. and standards committees. So, wow. yeah, it's when you hear it, it's 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 a lot of work that we put into that. Um, you know, and it is about man. There's about ten or twelve staff members that are included in that, but the rest are just our regular, you know, NFSA members that step up to the plate and serve on these uh, codes and standards committees for us. And and our tentacles. One of the things coming here a few years ago is I had no idea how how far and wide the NFSA tentacles reach. Um, you know, you've mentioned Shane a few times, but 
anytime you need to know someone who knows someone who knows someone, uh, you know, you pick up the phone and call Shane or Vicky, and, and yeah, it's one one of the strengths of our association. No, it is. It is. It is. It is far-reaching. I think it was one of the the first association in my fire protection career that I was a part of is NFSA, and it you know just going to the local chapter meetings. Um, you learned a lot. You learned a lot of, of who to talk to when you had an issue. Um, you know, I was in sales, so I, 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 I kind of figured out who was who. And, and I was in the New York metro area, which is NFSA was always, it's always essentially started there, right? So, um, mm-hmm. and uh, it's always been a, a great base of knowledge. I think I've been through a few, few classes as well um, with them. And, um, yeah, there's just a lot of, good momentum moving forward with the you know and and associations just overall within any industry had a tough time through the last couple years just just adapting to the to the changes and moving things virtual and um i think everybody's done a good job and we're we're kind of coming out of that now and um yeah real excited to to see everybody again in september so yeah, it's been good. It's, it's the last couple of years are tough, but I'll tell you, we were we were probably pretty uniquely set up that we were already remote to some extent. Yep. So yep. Um, it ended up working out real well, and and uh, kind of as Shane would say, not missing a beat and just continuing to move forward and and not slow down. So so I got a uh, we'll we'll wrap it up here in a second. Uh, I've got a few. Um, I don't I don't know if you've heard any of my other episodes, but I have something called the quick response round um, <laughs> that you don't know what's coming and I actually had to think these up <laughs> over the last few days so um, we'll we'll start off we'll start off easy let's see um, you know wh- what is the what is the um, I mean the, the wildest craziest system you ever designed in your career like it could be a daily system, you know. Uh, it could be a facility, whatever. Love to love to hear. You've had a lot of experience, so. Let's. Uh, the craziest thing I think I've ever did done was I, I helped sell a five point five million dollar sprinkler job, which was a retrofit of a DC to AC power conversion station, um, and basically the facility was built redundant, literally with a with a fence line right down the middle with uh, a DC to AC converter on one side and on the other and then all the 13.8 KVA transformers. The DC power came down from Hudson Bay in Canada. Oh, wow. They converted converted it to AC. And, and I guess there's a reason why they transmit DC power long distance. I don't know. But again, 280,000 gallon tank, you know, four fire pumps, pump house, 27 deluge systems on the... Um, on the transformers, you know, short windows of time for them to do shutdowns and for us to get in and out. But the interesting part about it was we were going there for a D-scope and and we walked the facility and they had a complete spare transformer um, off in a safe spot on the site where, you you know, you you were safe, meaning you could just walk up to it whenever you wanted to. It didn't require... So we went into the D-scope and I said, hey, look, as part of our submittal and permitting process, we're going to completely build a functioning deluge system on your spare transformer. Oh, boy. 
and that'll be part of our submittal process and our review and approval. It'll give us an opportunity to troubleshoot everything, mm -hmm. get all the pieces, parts ready, and um, and we'll we will have one under our belt before you shut your power down on half of your half of your site here, and we come in and try to do three transformers in two weeks. So. Uh, and when we're done, we'll disassemble it and give it to you for spare parts. But, um, yeah, that was crazy. That was absolutely yeah, crazy. Yeah, dealer systems are always, uh, uh, they're always fun, especially in the power, power side. And then you get to test them, which is, uh, <laughs> that's, even, that's even better, right? <laughs> yeah, I would, I would say testing those was, um, was, was close to the AFFF overhead deluge systems I was doing for the Navy when I first came oh, out wow. of college. Wow. Say the, those are the probably the two when you know when you have this you know systems doing eight nine thousand gallons a minute with uh you know 12 2500 oh, gpm gosh. diesel pumps in series coming wow. out of a pond and you light that bad boy off at uh <laughs> when the, the ground starts to move yeah you know. right better have the right detection method there you don't want that thing going off <laughs> well yeah i mean actually the overhead deluge foams are gone now because they were just i mean they did so many false discharges versus actual yeah you know you start seeing the the nozzles that pop up out yep. of the floor and yep. all the stuff that's more under wing now yeah the great nozzles and stuff and there's a lot of i mean i got to do a foam podcast soon because there's a lot of changes coming there with what's going on um mm -hmm. so um how long have you been in new england mike I grew up in Clinton, Connecticut, so that okay. that firehouse that sits over my corner uh, yeah. when I'm on the camera uh, is in Clinton, Connecticut. The story was uh, Boy Scouts, 12 years old, flipped the bus over, I'm a victim. Oh, my dad's part of the Boy Scouts. We learn about being a volunteer firefighter, blah, blah, blah. Driving down the street one day in a, a 1975 Suffin tower ladder, the guy driving is is the fire marshal at Yale University, and wow. he's uh, explaining he's explaining to me how he's going to school to get his master's degree in fire protection engineering from WPI. Yep. So put one and put the two things together. So I've been in I've been in Connecticut, then Maryland for school, California a little bit, and then back to New England. So I've I've been in New England pretty much my whole life. Wow. Okay. And I just recently came up here last uh, through about three years ago. Well, I'm getting to a question. What what's up with people from New Hampshire? Like you got people from Vermont, <laughs> people from Maine. I mean, Maine, Maine. You know, Mainers are a little weird. Mass, Connecticut, Rhode Island. Everybody's got their little you know things. But uh, New Hampshire seems kind of in its own little category, right? <laughs> Amen to that. That's the way we like it. Live free, live free or die. You don't have to wear a helmet. You don't have to wear your seatbelt. You know, we don't have any laws for anything. The state doesn't have any income, for Christ's sake. We don't, you know, barely makes any money. No state income tax, no, no sales tax. And the state doesn't have a pot to piss in to spend on any money on. So yeah, it's definitely a different place. But you have to buy your alcohol from the state. So there you go. As deregulated as deregulated as we are in most other areas, uh, the the liquor is not. That's and uh, being here in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, we're I, I'm, it's coming. I know it's coming again. It's it's that four year cycle of we're going to have all those presidential candidates again here. It's uh, oh that's it's funny, funny, right? Yeah, they start. It's in New a Hampshire. funny. Oh, it's a funny New Hampshire thing. I mean, you cannot go to the grocery store, the coffee shop. You know, when that season, when they're in season around here, um, 
it's just a funny way we do things. And uh, <laughs> good mix of America, right? And so they do it. I guess. I guess it's very, very provincial. But uh, yeah, today's a big day in New Hampshire. It's voting day. Um, all the little cities, cities in New Hampshire vote uh, at town meeting. I didn't know that. Wow. Today, so. Wow. Yeah. In, uh, in March. Wow. Luckily, luckily, I live in a city, so I don't. We don't vote today, but all the towns vote today on all wow, the towns. That's, that's know, it's the same. It's New Hampshire, man. You can stand up at the podium and say, I make an amendment to the budget to cut out, you know, to cut out the, the plow trucks. So I don't want plow trucks anymore. And, and they have to listen to you, right? And they have, and yeah. And if you get your friends, if you get enough of your friends to come with you, that's the way it works. Oh, They'll that's cut great. The plow trucks right out of the budget. But. That's great. Well, we'll uh, we'll end on that note, uh, uh, Mike. Thanks for thanks for coming on the podcast today. Um, uh, yeah, the the uh, just give again what you said. March fourteenth. I'll, I'll let you do it. Where, where do we find you? Where do we find anything on NFSA uh, for anybody yep. looking to get involved? So it's pretty simple. It's just nfsa.org. Um, it comes right up. The, um, the learning and development site is right there as a tab on the top, and this layout technician class uh, for the new rollout uh, of the new program is going to start on March 14th. So like we said, about a week from today, that'll be up on the website on the learning development page. So Great. Yep. And uh, hopefully see everybody, whoever's an NFSA member, you know, if you're not, get there to Clearwater Beach. It's always, uh, the NFSA Expo is always a good time, so... Yeah, and I, for folks that are listening, if your comp, you know, if your company is a member of NFSA, it's pretty easy to go on the website and register. Um, you know, just putting it in that you're part of a company that's a member. And if you're not, if you're individuals, it's really it's short money for for what you get for the value. So, take a look if it if it works for you, or you're already a member, you're already a member company. Get in there and get registered. Yeah, and when we started up uh, InspectPoint, uh, NFSA really worked with us and, and, and got us in, on as members, and it is uh, it was very beneficial even as a startup company to be members, and um, thank you again for all the work you guys do. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yep. Thanks, Mike. This was episode 40 of the Fire Protection Podcast powered by InspectPoint. I want to thank Mike Jonas again for coming on to discuss all things NFSA, but specifically some of the new um, learning platforms that they're launching uh, this year and and kind of into the future. Uh, Like I said before, NFSA has been a big part of my professional career and um, promote anybody to, to get involved with their local chapter or even at the national level. So... Again, thanks for listening to the podcast, and don't forget, if you're looking at inspection software, uh, make sure to reference that you're an NFSA member if you're taking a peek. Uh, See you again soon. Thanks.